0: and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galling. And this is our monthly podcast where we explore the astrological landscape for the month, giving you more insight and tips to have you be more conscious and more in touch with your well-being. So, Stephanie, what have we got for July? I did come up with a little bit of a theme. Oh, yes. Yes. And it is eclipses and retrogrades, right? That's But before we get into that, let's just start by exploring kind of like what the energy is astrologically with the signs of the zodiac for July. So in each July,
1: we have the signs of cancer for about the first three weeks, and then the sun shifts into Leo. So we begin July under this ocean, Mm. in this ocean of cancer. So, cancer energy, cancer is a water sign. Cancer is this primordial water sign. It is about feeling, right? Ruled by the moon. Cancer is about that innate sense of emotion and feeling. The moon being mother. Cancer drives us, it inspires us to nourish, to feed, to nurture to connect to home, both our homes themselves and what and who makes us feel at home.
0: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, um, I always joke that I'm kind of a little bit of a faux Cancer, (laughs) um, just because I have seven planets or aspects in my fourth house, which is the Cancer house, right? Including um, my astrological North Node. And so one of the things that I think about Cancer, and maybe this is more of a fourth house thing, is what I think Cancer is where you really come home to yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, that inner home within that sacred space Mm -hmm. that is within your inner landscape, right? And I think cancer has so much to do with like our inner world, that moon world. Yeah,
1: so beautiful, right? That sense of the moon and its reflectivity.
0: And it cycles, you yes, know. The thing cycles. about the moon and cancer is it's so cyclic, yeah. you know what I mean? And it can be a little bit moody, right? It definitely can be
1: moody and because it's also that sense of feeling without necessarily like, I feel this, let me think about it, let me understand this, let me process it. It's just what one is washed in. Oh. Right, and again, combining that with the cyclicity Right. There can be moodiness. You know, there can also be other things that are just we connect to our cycles, our cycles of Mm -hmm. energy. Yeah. You know, our cycles of, you know, what feels right, our cycles of a host of different things. Cancer also being the sign of protection, that protectiveness, you know. And so there is also that urge to like protect those that are ours, which and we're kin with. Which is incredible and beautiful, but where that obviously runs into some challenge is it also becomes a bit mine versus yours. I will protect mine, but not yours, you know, sort of where we see sometimes in terms of, you know, nationalism or, you know, patriotism, which is incredible, right? But that to look at, like, where does that sense of protection become exclusive, Versus inclusive,
0: and I have to say, as you're talking, you almost look a little bit like a crab, you know, (laughs) because you're like you're you're making this, this, you're doing crab movements of like, come, I'm going back in my shell, I'm, I'm going out of my shell, I'm going back in my shell. So it's kind of funny to watch you. And the other thing that when you're talking about, you know, you know, inclusiveness versus exclusiveness. You know, the United States of America is a cancer is ruled by cancer, correct? July 4th. Yep. It's a, you know. it's a cancer nation. Yes,
1: yeah. So In that that sense that's interesting. Of like, patriotism and pride and barbecues and sort of the home team and all of that.
0: Well, also some of that kind of like exclusiveness, exactly. you know, if we we're not going to get political, but when we talk about borders and protecting ourselves, that's kind of kind of fits in with that cancer theme as well.
1: Yeah, and looking at what that exclusivity and the impacts. I mean both, you know, what that might nurture, Mm. but also the costs and impact of that. The last thing before we move right into the next eclipse, which is a cancer eclipse, which is a great segue, is one more thing I wanted to say about cancer is also this notion of its movement being indirect, Mm. thinking about a crab. A crab doesn't just go point (laughs) A to point B in a straight line. It goes a little bit to the left, maybe a little bit backwards, maybe a little bit to the right. There's a sense of indirectness. Would you say like two steps forward? forward, one step back kind of thing? No, not so much. I just think that it's it's sort of, um, it's not a straight line from point A to point B. Okay. Right? And so that's just something to think about. Like, if you know people who are born under the cancer sun or have a lot of cancer in their chart or also during this cancer time, that things may seem not, um, it's not that they're not efficient. They're just wait, what are you saying? Where are you going? Like there may be a plan, but it may not be so obvious, right? Because again, there's an, there's
0: an it may be circuitous, cyclical and circuitous. Well, you know what that sounds like to me? That sounds watery. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right? It's like maybe willing to be a little bit more fluid. Yes. You know what I mean? To work with the energies instead of just saying, I need to go to point B, yes. you know, just to be in that watery kind of energy. So eclipse. Talk to us about the Cancer new moon solar eclipse that happens on, I'm checking my notes here, July 12th. So
1: we are once again, now that we're in July, in eclipse season. Eclipse season is this term we loosely use to describe the weeks or months each year when eclipses happen. Now eclipses happen twice a year. And in these two times a year, there's either two or three eclipses so and eclipses happen on a day and even if you can't see an eclipse in the sky from where you live the field of energy is really strong and so it still has import right it still has significance eclipses also again are not a one-day phenomenon we start to feel this enhanced energetic field you know Weeks before Mm -hmm. and also weeks and even months afterwards. Again, I always love thinking about eclipses. The first way is just looking at the word eclipse.
0: (laughs) Obscured.
1: We feel something shifting, Mm -hmm. something coming to our awareness, say with the lunar eclipse, the full moon eclipse. What exactly is it? Where exactly is it going? Oh, well, you we don't know. And that's the thing. There's a lot of stress sometimes during eclipse season is to remember one way to sort of pull back or dial back. The stress is you may be experiencing life-shifting awareness or events. Right. And you may not know where they're going, and that may cause you a bit of stress because you're like, but I can't clearly see. hmm you're in perfect alignment.
0: <laughs> That's great. Things are eclipsed and they are obscured. And so with this new moon, solar eclipse, it is in the sign of cancer. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, you know, what the vibration is there with the cancer. And so what I'm thinking as you're talking is, you know, maybe this is going to be like you describe eclipses, which I love, as sea changes, which is so great with cancer, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> in the water, in the ocean. but. I'm thinking that this could be something where emotionally... You know what I mean? We're letting go of something or, you know, new energies are coming in. But maybe it's a time to really be paying attention to what your feelings are and what you're experiencing emotionally.
1: Without question, right? And thinking about eclipses or this kind of eclipse, a solar eclipse, it's a new moon. It's the advent of a new chapter, always Mm -hmm. with solar eclipses. And yet for something to firmly take root and begin, we need to clear the field. So that's why you always find before solar eclipses or even during them, it may seem like, wait, where's the beginning? That just things are ending. (laughs) This has just come to cessation or like, where'd this go? I've closed this chapter. But that is an important point. Endings are a very important ingredient in new beginnings, right? And especially this eclipse happens to be opposite Pluto, which really informs transformation by the release of that which has gotten to its expiration date, which no longer serves that shedding of that so that there can be renewal and new growth.
0: Yes, I love that you're pointing out that the eclipse happens Opposite Pluto, uh, again. So this is a uh, it's the new moon, uh, solar eclipse in Cancer, and then Pluto currently is in the sign of Capricorn, and so you know, and Pluto's all about like you're saying death and rebirth and transformation. It also is that planet where we dig in really deep. Uh, to me, it represents a lot to do with our soul energies and mm. our soul evolution. And then you know, opposite that Cancer energy, which to me has so much to do with like the unconscious and the subconscious, and you know, when I think about Cancer. I also think about dreams. You know what I mean? Like how do we go in and you know how do we work with those energies? And and Stephanie, you're a bit of a dream expert, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, don't laugh. And so let's can we talk a little bit about that? About maybe how we can utilize our dreams during this very potent time.
1: Yes, I would love to. And and actually then in honor of the Cancer indirectness, but as I talk about that or before I talk about that, I want to weave back to something that you said, okay, which was also about the feelings, right? So about here's the solar eclipse, this new moon. It may be an advent of a new stage of how you connect to your feelings, your emotional nature, how you feed yourself, how you know what you need Mm. to nourish Yourself and to feel rooted. I, I just wanted to come back to that because I realized that you asked and I didn't address that. I sort of went to the side, which is very
0: cancerian. Yeah, yeah. You were doing the cancer walk. The you cancer know what I mean. I, that that also brings up, and we will get to dreams. <laughs> is I always say about cancer? You know, it, it's like know thyself. Yeah. You know, that's like coming home to yourself. If if you really know yourself, you can pay attention to what your needs are. Yes. And perfect segue
1: back to the dreams. I love that. See? Even the cancer indirectly <laughs> We're doing this sidewalk. yeah.
0: And we're getting everywhere, really. <laughs> you should see us. We, should... we had a video camera here. Okay.
1: But to know thyself and dream work, right? What a great combination. I mean, dream work being such an incredible avenue to knowing thyself. Because as we are asleep and we open, the veil lifts in terms of our unconscious, and we tap into you know our personal unconscious, the collective unconscious, and this vast reservoir of insights come in this magical, mystical, imaginal realm of our dreams, we can see so much that we cannot necessarily see in our waking life, right? When we have to be aware of, you know, 3D reality, you know, and the things that come in waking life and our conscious is, our ego is the one that's sort of driving the ship on that way. So we can really turn to our dreams and the solar eclipse, right? This heightened field in cancer. So what I would just share is that what might be a really beautiful thing around the time of the solar eclipse um, again on July 12th, is to do dream incubation, which is before you go to sleep, you know, focus on something related to cancer. How do I feed myself? How do I deal with my emotions? Things related to my family, whatever it may be. And to pose one succinct, concise, clear question to yourself, to dreaming, of what you really want to gain awareness of. Something to the extent of dreaming. Please share with me one insight that will help me to better navigate my relationship with my family. Something like that. Or, again, emotions, what have you. Before you go to sleep, you focus on that. I would say write it in your dream, in your journal. And then dream with that intentionality. (laughs) It's this gorgeous ancient practice. And then when you dream and you wake up and you record your dream, see your dream in the context of your question. Right. And it's just so beautiful because there's so many things we could we could talk about this for hours. But just to leave you with that. Right. I think that this is a beautiful thing to to activate. Yes. The cancer eclipse.
0: Yes, and you know, I think you know, dream and sleep is moon time, Mm. you know, and so it's just a great way of working with that moon energy and and doing a little bit of this journey. And speaking of journey, hmm. I wanted to talk about uh, the tarot card that is associated with cancer, and that. Card is the Chariot card. Yes, the Chariot card's I love ruled by the Cancer. Card. Yes, and so a lot of times people go, "What the heck does uh, Cancer have to do with the Chariot?" And the Chariot shows, uh, you know, a charioteer and he's in a chariot and he's moving forward, right? Well, what the Chariot represents is it's it's this movement of the soul and the chariot cart is very much about where the unconscious starts to become conscious so it's like it's like when you think about the crab it's an amphibious creature so the crab can exist in both water and land it's this movement where the crab comes out of the ocean the eternal sea the unconscious the subconscious the collective consciousness and it moves on to solid land what is tangible And real, and has the opportunity to manifest. So, I love the chariot card because it's this big moment in time where it's like this moment of like separation or individuation where you like get in your chariot and you say, I am ready now to go forward and manifest and create a life that reflects this different personality. The other thing that's really cool about the chariot card, and I think ties so well in with cancer, is the aspect of intuition. And what they say with the chariot card, and this is kind of like what you're saying about eclipses, is there's not always a game plan, right? We you know, we just feel something, we're working with it, but we don't know where it's going. So with the chariot card, they talk a lot about get in your chariot and go, and that if you had a game plan, you would throw it out a month from now because you're making it up as you go along. And what is guiding the chariot forward? Intuition. And they associate the chariot card actually with the hero's journey. And that is a journey of self-discovery through the trials and triumphs of life. But ultimately, through all of that, you become more self-aware and you awaken. The other thing, just to tie in that home aspect, when you think about the chariot, it's like your home. And you get to that point in your journey where you can take that wherever you go. So when you're truly at home with yourself, you can go anywhere because you've got like your own mobile home, right? So, (laughs) But it all, I just think that I love that we get to tie the chariot card in, in our discussion of cancer and the new moon and the solar eclipse, because it just works so well there.
1: It's so incredible. I want to say sort of triumvirate or trinity, but I think it's more than that. Like chariot, cancer. This eclipse in this new moon, right, where things are dark and you have to turn to that intuition. And then dreams, when you were talking about the crab walking out of the water, out of the unconscious, onto the land. Again, this also gorgeous interplay with dream work between dreams, you know, them not being separate from waking life. might go waking life to dream life, dream life to waking yes. life. And this gorgeous, like, the crab goes out of the water, back into the water,
0: into the unconscious. The fluidity, the fluidity, right, that we're talking about that only comes with water.
1: Oh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I love this eclipse. Yes. Um, so we could, like, languish and luxuriate and just rest, very cancer, in this cancer. I could solar eclipse for, like, hours now. But just... Um, we need to move on. The need cherry to move, needs to go exactly, forward. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> to the other well before we get to the other eclipse oh wait i want to say one more thing can i go back again? <laughs> Sorry. it's such a crab yes <laughs> is that two days before the july 12th solar eclipse we actually have jupiter in scorpio the dig deep right related to pluto stationing direct right jupiter is also exalted in cancer so there's that connection so there's this incredible sense of expansion and new growth. And also, go, you know, by going into the dark, Scorpio, the new moon, the balsamic, you can actually really go
0: forward and drive that chariot forward. And just for our audience, to tell people what going direct means. That oh, means, yes. Sorry yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah.
1: So we talk about retrograde. Right. So a planet—I don't actually want to say a planet is normally direct, but a planet appears to be going two different directions in the sky. Either it's, quote, usual direction when you look at it, or, quote, backwards, retrograde. So Jupiter has been retrograde, and it will appear to change directions and go forward. Because, of course, I, you know, it's not really going backwards. It's not <laughs> really going, you know, changing directions. Um, so that's what I mean by it's going forward. It's stationing direct. Thanks Got it. for that clarification. Got it. Or thanks for having me make that clarification. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then we move on the 22nd of July, we shift from cancer into Leo, Leo, which is quite different than cancer. So, do you want to take the reins? No, we of course, not intended. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I think it's, I have Leo rising, just, you know, I have to t- do that little disclaimer. Um, but I think it's so interesting because we're going from the moon to the sun. You know what I mean? Leo is ruled by the sun and and we go from the unconscious to more of that ego, solar perspective, you know, and Leo is, you know, it's this bright, shiny sign. And Leo is very much about self-expression and creativity. And, you know, the thing, one of the things I love about Leo is, you know, it rules the heart as well. And so there is this aspect of Leo when it's in balance that can be Incredibly generous with its energy, right? And that's a lovely thing. That's where they talk about Leo the lion hearted, right? But Leo is so perfect for the summer, of course, because it's this very bright, sunny, let's have fun, let's play. Leo is super romantic. You know what I mean? It's very dramatic. It likes very big experiences. So we come out of that cancer shell and we go into that big, fierce, bright energy of Leo. Gorgeous. Right. So this is this color,
1: this hue that casts itself from the 22nd on through the end of July. And also just to give a quick sneak peek forward, in August, we actually have another solar eclipse, another new moon. And this one is in Leo. So we're going to talk a lot about that come next month. Um, But there is another eclipse at the end of the month on July 27th It is a full moon. Lunar eclipse, so the sun is in Leo and the moon is in Aquarius. So again, every month we have a full moon. Lunar eclipses are almost the sense of a heightened full moon, a heightened sense of illumination, summing, summing, something coming to our awareness right and so and this is why i think that when we talk about eclipse season you know there's so much potential for change and manifestation but also possibly for stress right mm-hmm. i mean you know right. and and heightened sort of feeling because <gasps> You know it's great. we say, "Oh, something's coming to awareness. that sounds lovely." But if that thing that's coming to awareness is something that you weren't expecting or you didn't necessarily want to face, that itself can be sort of um it can shake you a bit, right? Yes, yes. so and again, that sense of like new beginnings and something ending for the new beginning to come, that itself can sort of be riveting. Um, so again, this is why the field. You know, you may find that people around you or yourself, you know, just feel a heightened sense of emotionality or stress or anxiousness during quote eclipse season.
0: So, what do you want to
1: say? What do you think to share about the lunar eclipse? With well, this? you know, lunar I mean,
0: eclipses. I I agree with you. There is this opportunity for such profound illumination, but there is this stress piece. You know what I mean? Because sometimes the old is being broken apart. You know, for the new to come come through and actually in esoteric astrology, they describe uh, lunar eclipses as karmic releases. And I just mentioned that just because to, to just give an indication of how deep and profound these can be. And This is shaped, of course, by the sign of Aquarius, right? So if we're talking about the Aquarius aspect and, you know, Aquarius is very much about the big picture and liberation and individuality and following your own drummer and breaking the rules. So again, it's kind of this expansive kind of energy again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so, what we need to look for in terms of this lunar eclipse is one, you know, those general themes of Leo meets Aquarius, right? <laughs> right, right. The artist, the dignified, the self, the me meets Aquarius. The collective, that we're in it all together, right? right. And how that gets balanced: technology and artistry, you know, children and society. You know, we ways that we weave that together. We can also look in our own individual astrology charts to see where do these eclipses fall, where they may be bringing illumination like this lunar eclipse, where the new beginnings may be like in solar eclipses. And the other thing is, I would say not to jump the gun, but we're sort of almost there, right? The other theme was eclipses and retrograde, Yes. And just to, I'm going to put this on our map and then we're going to get back to this because we're going to talk about retrogrades in general. This eclipse actually connects to Mars in Aquarius. That's retrograde. Oh right. So this yes. gives it extra we're not gonna talk about the retrograde part at like this exact second, but it gives it this extra oomph, this extra energy, this extra fuel, this extra sense of what might be illuminated may also be how you fight for things, the things right. you desire, how you activate yourself.
0: It's kind of Marsy, right? It's quite Marsy. So
1: it's and that Mars is really activated. So um Let's okay, maybe we'll go from here to there, how let's go from there to retrogrades and then back to there,
0: right, right, and you know with the Mars you know with the with the full moon, that does bring in a little bit more of that feisty element, right? Definitely. but I think it's also that Mars loves to um its action and its power, but in that sign of Aquarius, it maybe it gives it a more of a universal, greater, expansive kind of vibe yeah.
1: And it's a different kind of Mars, right, because it's Mars retrograde. We have Mars retrograde this summer here in the northern hemisphere, winter down south, from June 26th to August 27th. So the whole month of July that we're in is Mars being retrograde. Mars, the planet of will, desire, soldiering, battling. What fuels me? What do I want to fight for and how do I fight for that thing? Mm -hmm. It's retrograde. So it's interesting. It's sort of indirect in its way. It's it's operating differently. It is a time for us to reevaluate our strategies, reevaluate and reassess what we desire, that thing that we fight for, how we fight, and also... When we pursue something in that Martian way and we are blocked and can't get what we want, we get angry. Mm-hmm. So Mars also relates to anger. And so this is an incredible time, too, to see how we do anger from a different perspective and work on our relationship to anger. But just know, especially because this is a month of retrogrades, Mars is retrograde on July 25th, Mercury goes retrograde. So, especially that last, what, seven days, six days? There's, you know, retrograde is not let's go, let's pursue, let's get it <laughs> done. It's let's stop, go slow, go backwards. Look for skip steps. Look for things from the past. So to be really careful with a Mars retrograde, don't be in do, 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 forward, forward, forward motion because you are bound to feel frustrated, right? But anyway... I just, I just was very Mars and just said a lot.
0: Go ahead. But that's so great. And, you know, you and I um, have talked a lot about, especially in terms of the Mercury retrograde, about really embracing the retrogrades. I mean, I think that oftentimes retrogrades get so much bad press, (laughs) you you know what I mean? They're actually this very powerful time of taking that step back, you know, and really slowing down and being more mindful and more attentive and, and not instead of with that Mars where we normally would just go after what we want like what I've been thinking about is maybe letting it come to me you know Mm. what I mean I tend to be a little Marsy in my own life and what I've been thinking more about is I will step forward and then see what comes and meets me and maybe that's a whole way of like working a little bit differently with that Mars energy oh my god I am so in love with that That
1: notion of almost like pursuit meets reception. Yes. Right? Almost like the more, you know, is there a way to sort of open to the feminine Mm. within that Mars principle? Right. Like you act and it's not even like, well,
0: you don't go fully. You like act and then you just see what comes. Right. And, you know, with it in Aquarius, right? Mm -hmm. What I'm looking at there too is about inspiration. You know what I mean? To be able to maybe work with that inspiration a little bit differently. Normally, I would just like get an inspiration and I got to make this happen. I got to do this instead of just like going, okay, let me see what this inspiration has to show me. I mean, just giving it a little bit more breathing room. Yeah. We
1: talk a lot about how time is such an important ingredient, right, in any recipe. And I feel like in retrogrades, we're reminded of that. Right. Right, just to sit with something. What do you receive? What comes to your awareness? You know, that itself, you know, we think progress is just movement, movement, movement forward, but actually deeply etched progress with incredible sustainable foundations often comes by this slow and simmering, Stay, you know, Mm -hmm. and being because of what we can work on, what we can rework, and what we can become aware of, right? As we also receive, right? Yeah. I think about too, like if we're standing still or going slow, and the things that are passing by, right? We notice that the ideas, the The car slows down, right? You can see the
0: scenery exactly. We're not driven by time, and I think in this society we are so driven by that schedule. And that time, you know, I love the idea since we're talking about the chariot of slowing the car oh, down, yes. looking at the scenery, taking a rest stop, having a picnic. Really, <laughs> really good. I <laughs> love that. So...
1: um And just a quick nod to Mars being, at least in July, right, Mars is retrograde in the sign of Aquarius. Come August, it'll still be retrograde in Aquarius and also a little bit in Capricorn. So we may rethink also collectively how we approach and pursue through technology, you know, through our sort of um, connection to humanitarian efforts and ways of pioneering our collective connection.
0: Well, as you're speaking about that Stephanie, it doesn't Mars square Uranus again? Is that when is that? Yes. Is it the end of July or beginning of August? Yes,
1: so Mars, so usually when Mars squares Uranus, it's a one-time pass and then a couple of years later it's again <laughs> or a year later. But because of Mars going backwards because of it's retrograde it actually squares the planet of surprise and revolution and Uranus, which is related to the sign of Aquarius, three times on May 16th, on August 1st, and on September, I think it's 19th. So yes, it's August, but it's August 1st. So invariably it's, you know, days before. We feel it, right. We feel it. So again, this ending of the month of July, just be open to detours. Be open to, you know, new ways, surprising ways that you might want to use your energy or being surprised by the way other people assert themselves. Just be on the
0: lookout, right, for...
1: You know, expect the unexpected. Perfect. Stay bouncy.
0: Stay bouncy. Hashtag bouncy. Hashtag so, Mercury retrograde. Mercury retrograde. And that's in Leo. Yes. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, talk to us a little bit about Mercury retrograde in Leo.
1: So, first thing before talking about that, I just want to say that so it starts Mercury retrograde on July 25th. Okay july 25th and that lunar eclipse is on july 27th so those days again feel very the word that's coming to me i don't know why is escalated right amplified Mm. because again when any planet is about to change directions whether go retrograde or go direct it's very heightened things the things related archetypally to that planet are very noticeable Right. So Mercury being very heightened that week, lots of information, lots of communication, lots of news, lots of dialogues. You might feel a bit of an overwhelm. Right. Mm. So just be really careful. Go slow. Digest the input, because, again, we have this strong Mercury and then we're in this field of this eclipse with Mars and Aquarius. So just really this week you know, obviously this is something you should do every week, but we can't really attend, you know, there's many things to attend to in life. Really watch your inner circuitry, you know, really take care of your nervous system, you know, really go slow and honor that. So um, I can talk a bit about Mercury and Leo, but can I like, I think I'm just going to,
0: are you, a, are, you you. are you doing a are you doing a crab Are you doing a crab thing? Gonna
1: give, here? I'm going to sort of pass
0: that back. Okay. To well, you. you know the thing is, I just always uh, you know look to the sign that, of course, the Mercury retrograde is happening in, and so this one will be in Leo. And I and again, as we're talking about, you can look at your own astrological chart and see where these transits or these eclipses or these retrogrades are happening. And of course, with Leo rising, it's always about me, and because um, Leo is very much about the world revolves around. Leo. So I'm thinking, well, this will be in my first house. So it's gonna be very interesting to see because your first house is very much about how you present yourself to the world. The and, first house of your astrology chart. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. And so maybe I will be taking a step back and kind of reevaluating how I shine my light. Leo is so much about Leo thrives on self-expression. And Leo, you know, Leo's actually kind of a sensitive sign. And so it, you know, even though it's this bright you know, feisty lion, Leo can get its feelings hurt kind of easily. And the way Leo gets its feelings hurt is when it feels like it's not being recognized. And so maybe this is a part of that Mercury retrograde is to really be aware of shining your light, just to shine your light Mm -hmm. without that expectation of having it to be recognized in a certain way. And to really go into that heart energy and allow yourself to be a little bit more generous, again, without that expectation. Beautiful.
1: Right. And thinking about retrograde being that time, that opportunity to do things differently. Right. right. How do you use your words? You know, yes. how do you how do you communicate? Can you communicate from your heart? You know, is there a new way that you can orient so that there is a greater alignment, you know, or where your words can be more generous? Ah. Can you know, can also be connect you to you know Leo being the child. Yes, you know. But right. again, it's this reassessment, re- 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 re-evaluating Mercury retrogrades. A great time to like, you know, go back to that article you wrote and re-edit it. Yes, you get new insights during a retrograde. So don't think retrogrades are all bad or like times to hide under the couch. You know, retrogrades are actually this time where we have this gorgeous golden, no pun intended for Leo, <laughs> right. <little's> gold, golden <laughs> opportunity to go back and look at things from a different perspective Mm -hmm. so that we can actually see skip steps, Mm -hmm. missing pieces, so that we can actually build something in a greater, more holistic way.
0: So again, it is July 25th to August 17th, this Mercury retrograde. And you know, it's funny because as we're talking, what just keeps coming to me about this retrograde is expectations. I, just, I feel like there's something about really, and maybe the Mars retrograde too, about really being willing to let go of these expectations to allow more insight or more spontaneity or more being in the moment. So I don't know. I just keep getting that. Let go of your expectations
1: yeah I love that too. like thinking about that being in the moment, right because and this is obviously in relationship to Mercury retrograde, but I'm thinking about this a lot in Mars retrograde, mm-hmm. you know as opposed to like where's the plan and where am I going and going forward and and pursu- pursuing and pushing it's like I'm right here. <laughs> what do I see right I'm like taking my rest stop, you know, like what am I seeing what what do I glean and experience and know by being in the moment so Again, it's a month of eclipses, and it's a month of retrogrades.
0: So, Stephanie, what are you doing for your July? What are are your summer plans?
1: My summer plans? um, Well, being that, you know, living here in the Pacific Northwest, where the winters and sometimes parts of the fall and parts of the spring (laughs) are... Not such great weather-wise. We all really, really adore the summer. Yes. So I'm pretty much staying here all of July and just going to be outdoors as much as I can and be in the garden garden and work outside and be outside and friends and family are coming to visit. So that is really exciting. Um, And then, which family is very cancer. Yes, right. Um, And then also in terms of my work and speaking about dreams, I'm launching a new webinar series Of, at this point, I have planned four different classes. It's called, my series is called Inspiring Dreams, four different 75-minute webinar workshops. Oh, great. Yes. And so I'm going to be, well, it's July, so you will come to my website and you can read about them. The first one is planned for July 17th, and this will be one that's focusing on, I'm calling it Dream Recall Toolkit things that you need to know, tips and strategies to be able to remember your dreams, recall your dreams, and then we're going to also talk more in detail about
0: the ancient technique of dream incubation. Well, isn't that perfect that you're launching this dream series during cancer time? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) How
1: how about you? What's July? You know, have in store for you.
0: I'm a Seattle girl. I'm a Seattleite, and so I, like you're saying, I love Seattle in the summer. And and I, you know, actually, I don't have any plans. I'm kind of took uh, the summer off from some of my classes and workshops, and I'm just gonna be chilling and enjoying the sun. I'm also finishing up my tarot deck, the uh, Couture Tarot, and so I'm just gonna be in like that. artist, you know, chill, uh, enjoying the sunlight mode. It
1: feels very cancer Doesn't just like it, and a little and be Leo. At home and very Leo-like in your creative
0: spirit. I think I got the perfect combination.
1: So if you want to write to us, yes. please do. We love getting your letters. You can write to us at so Ventures at gmail dot com. Or find us at our websites and send us a note. I'm at StephanieGaling.com and you are
0: at dot Skinner.com. And how else can they find you? You Megan? can also find me on Instagram. I love posting on Instagram at Megan C's. That's Megan with S E E S at the end. And Stephanie, you're also on Instagram. I am at Stephanie underscore Galing. And yeah, just let us know your
1: thoughts. Let us know what you'd like to hear about. We really love hearing from you. And again, you can find this podcast on our websites. You can find it on Apple Podcasts. And if you get it there, you can subscribe. So when we post it, it comes to you automatically. And if it speaks to you, um, please give
0: it a good review
1: and rate it. We would love that. So until next month. We
0: also want to, before we wrap up, Stephanie, we have to thank some people, don't
1: we? Yes, we want to thank (laughs) our producers, Nick Patry and Sebastiano Tecchio. Yes. And we want to thank you. Yes. For being part of So Divine. We really, really appreciate you. We'll see you next month. See you next month.